Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook App, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez, and today I'm joined by Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? I feel like I was expecting more of a jibe, something about how, you know, the way I've been laughing the last couple of days, or I, I don't know, but apparently not, no. And of course, taking it to the max, Max Simpson. How you doing, sir? Doing well, dude. He didn't need a job. It was the absolute sigh toward, like, as he said your name. That That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I heard the sigh and was like, "Where's the rest of it? Come on, come on, Ramon. I know you can do better than this." Especially after what you did before the show got started. But anyway, great show for y'all today. Jam packed show. It's even though we're in the off season, there's so many news going on. So we're gonna definitely try to tack, tackle all of them today. Uh, great show. Uh, man, I feel like yeah, it's, it's going to be a really great up. show. It's going to be a really great show, what no. we're discussing at the end. No, no, I don't like the way you're smiling right there. But uh, we're going to talk about some uh, new rising signings. We got a, uh, one, a new one yesterday that was announced. And so we're going to definitely talk about that. Um, some A departure that is uh, being circled around the Twitter sphere, which uh, I don't think any of us here is too happy about. Um, and then, of course, we're going to talk about the World Cup. See what's going on with that, and of course some uh, some other stuff that went on uh, last week as well. But let's go ahead and get started, guys. Which one do you guys want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Ben Lunt, you know, and and the rumors there, or the signings? What are we? How are you guys feeling today? Let's start with the departure. We'll we'll go in chronological order, apart let's from the World it. Cup stuff, which can go last. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So yesterday, uh, you know, we were all minding our business, uh, you know, thinking that Ben Lunt was going to stay here for twenty twenty three, and then all of a sudden. Some uh, Twitter account called MLS Transfers uh, goes out and tweets that Bentlunt was close to uh, transferring over to St. Louis City SC, which is one of the new expansion, uh, the new expansion club for MLS. Um, and that kind of took us all by surprise. And how did you guys kind of feel when that, you know, that tweet went about? Well, it was one of those things where it's not necessarily a huge surprise. Um, we we knew that. Look, Ben had a fantastic year. He's been on MLS's radar before. It's nothing particularly new in that sense. And of course, if we're talking about St. Louis City to be specific, uh, it's a team with John Hackworth involved in the coaching. He's a guy who coached Ben in Louisville. So it's not as though he's, you know, unfamiliar to him. Uh, Hackworth knows exactly what Ben has to offer. But 
it was perhaps a little bit of a surprise that it came at the time that it did. Of course, then what we end up doing, you know, the first comes out, people start asking questions. We start shooting off texts and trying to see what's going on. All of a sudden, uh, it turns out who needs sources when you've got Brandon McCarthy tweeting. Um, so <laughs> yesterday, one of the fans actually tweeted at Brandon McCarthy. He did reply. We can have a look at his reply now, but he's pretty much confirmed that yes Ben Lunt is on the move uh but he he'll also be bringing in a transfer fee as a result of this so yeah there's a positive there for rising on the one hand it brings in money um we don't of course know quite how much money you're talking um these transfers tend to be relatively low fee although there has been little bit of an upward trajectory in recent years so hey it's it's a tough one to take in some ways if you're phoenix rising because you don't want to lose a player of that caliber however when a player gets an offer from mls from the next division up and you are a lower division team Mm -hmm. as long as that offer ultimately is reasonable it's very hard to stand in a player's way in a case like that Max, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, when you first see you know an an account like or an account like that tweeting the news, you you take it with a grain of salt. Even though you know there are times where there's definitely accuracy to that, they're not going to say it just to say it for no reason. But you always think like, huh, where's the proof in the pudding? And then when you have you know like Dolan saying, when you have one of the owners saying, yeah, no, this is happening. Well, then full steam ahead. I mean, my first reaction is, good goalkeepers are very hard to come by and i think unlike a lot of other positions there is a massive difference between an average goalkeeper and even a good goalkeeper and a great one and make no mistake for the level that he played at we all unanimously took ben lund as our phoenix rising team mvp um a couple podcasts ago um he's there for a reason he's a guy who kept us in games and like honestly even there are ones where we either should have lost or should have lost by a lot more. And I think that's going to be very difficult to replace. I think the money is nice. Don't get me wrong, but that is a position where a good goalkeeper can always keep you in the game. And especially where draws, we don't like all what draws, but it's better than a loss. That could really be the difference. I personally am not a fan of it, um, especially when we don't have a boatload of depth at goalkeeper. So a lot of mystery to it. Yeah, we need to address here, actually, in the, in the chat here, Michael just throwing out Lalo Delgado all the time. Look, Lalo Delgado is a lovely guy. He has a role to play on this team. That role is not starting goalkeeper. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think we need to, to make that clear that when Ben Lund is departing, it means that this team needs to be strongly considering what it's going to do as a next step in terms of bringing in a starting caliber goalkeeper because Lalo Delgado is not, maybe he'll develop into that person. He is still young, but he is not there right now. And I think it would be a mistake to go into the next season, expecting him to be the starting goalkeeper for this team. And this is not just on like a team level too. Like when Ben Lund gets consideration for the best at his position when you're in the top three, that is something significant. This is not something that this is just a a rising bias or anything like that. Like he's thought of in USL circles as very highly. So, I mean, I think that, again, that also just kind of adds to it of like, if this is, we know we see this departure and this player is now leaving, 
how do you replace that? Um, yeah, I agree. That's kind of my sentiments on Lalo as well, but it's just a, it's a void for sure. Also worth yeah. noting, actually, before we move on, um, with other questions even on this topic, that while this one might hit harder than, say, the Greg Hurst news did um, in terms of the impact on the team, uh, there's no reason to feel as negatively as people did about the Greg Hurst deal and about how that one went down. Because ultimately, look, you, you can't stand in the guy's way. If he wants to go on play at the next level, you wish him the best. Mm-hmm. You get a reasonable fee for him and you let him go. You cannot, cannot stand in the way of a player who wants to take that next step up, especially because, look, we've got to be clear here. Are we expecting Ben Lund to start in St. Louis? No. No, of course not. They they brought in a goalkeeper with Champions League experience who, who's played over 150 games for Borussia Dortmund. Um, we, we're not expecting him to go there and be the starter, but you also have to consider just the sheer disparity in pay oh, between yeah. USL and MLS. And it's wrong to hold a player back from that. They only mm-hmm. get so long to play. You gotta let them play at the highest level they can and, and make their money now while they can as footballers. So again, it, it's, it's a tough one. It plausibly impacts this team more so than the Greg Hurst move did, but there's no reason to be as disappointed i'd say in the way that this has gone down as people have been about the greg hurst deal yeah for sure because i originally when i i saw the tweet i'm like no way man because if you take ben Lunt out of this team and that defense you know it's not at least last year it's not it's not good at all and so you know but like you're saying i, I think it's right by by rising to let Lunt, you know, go uh, go to this team if the offer is there, and he clearly does want to be there, like uh, Clayton here is saying. So, and you know, we wish him the best. You know, is he like you're saying? Is he going to start every game? I don't know, but he wants to be there and he wants to give it a shot. And we, you know, you got to commend the guy for for wanting to do that. So, uh, I, I, I do really quick want to take a look at Michael's comment where he's he's saying we've always had luck with keepers and i totally get that that's a very fair shout the rising lineage over the last couple years has been really fortunate with keepers from every leader from waz to lubin to like everyone in between um i think the difference though is a lot of those teams had bona fide scoring and i know we'll get into it a bit with the next player and the player you know kind of do a recap a bit of players who have gotten brought in but like those teams had very good scoring. The defense also, I think, as a whole, was a bit more solidified. And when you take out, essentially, you don't have the scoring consistently. You don't have the same caliber on defense. I mean, you have the best guy on your team leaving and standing in the way of the opposition. It's just really tough to replace that. I get that you can get by with maybe a good goalkeeper. But when a great goalkeeper leaves, I think it's felt a lot further. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, good luck to Ben. You know, hopefully it works out over there and we can we can con- uh, continue uh see him climbing up the ladder. Uh moving on to the next set of signings, we got uh El Mago de Maryville. That's how he was branded. 26-year-old midfielder Jose Andres Hernandez was signed to Phoenix Rising, uh formerly from Oakland, so he kind of has that Juan Guerra connection there. But from what I've seen and from what I've read, this guy has the motor to to literally play his heart out every single game and so uh, heard great things about him, but uh, Owen, Max, uh, how'd you guys feel about the signing? It's not a surprise to me. Um, it does put to bed some of the talk, I think, that people were pushing around this idea that uh, Juan won't be able to sign players from Oakland. Well, that's 
clearly false. Um, that's clearly false because he's just brought one in. Uh, but yeah, look, signing players with a local connection, it kind of rings true of what Juan said when he came in, which was that he was going to look for players that the fans could identify with. Um, and you do see that. There's always a positive boost when someone who is local is signed. Um, always as he saw it in the replies, to, quite frankly, when he was signed. Um, this is someone who was a big part of Oakland's team last year. Sometimes the numbers don't always quite show you uh, as much as you can potentially expect out of him, but he was the, the second highest pl- uh, played player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to get that one there. Played. Nice. He played the second most minutes. Probably a better way of phrasing that one uh, of any player on Oakland's team last year. Uh, I think he can definitely do a job in this team. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see what happens with him on the field when he gets going here. Yeah, I, I think it's a guy who he's able to really help link up from bringing the ball from defense to offense. You know, you see in the clips they showed and looking at him a bit, you know, a lot of it is through that through passing, but he does have that bit of, hey, let's link a play, quick pass, and we can get it going. I think a lot of what that team, this team lacked after Juan took over was being able to have a distinct thought of like, hey, this is what we want to be in transition. This is what we want to be as we build up from defense to offense. And I think having someone who has been in his system, who has worked with him before, I think that is incredibly valuable for this team. Um, I think this is something where that familiarity I'm very high on and honestly excites me a lot based on the profile, who he is, and that familiarity that he has with Juan. Um, I, I think those midfielders who can connect the play is are really hard to come by, um, especially when you mix in the variety of passes and that motor that he can provide. You really don't see that from everyone, um, especially where it's either over the top, it's to the corner, it's through balls in, it's a bit of like link up play. It can, you can do it all. I love that. That's really, really valuable. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we're definitely seeing how Juan Guerra is wanting to build his team. And I think uh, he, he cleared... He fits that mold of the of the type of player Guerra wants. So uh good signing on my end. Uh the other one that was announced yesterday was Manuel Arteaga, uh a striker. Uh Venezuelan. I know, you know, insert your insert your jokes there. Uh, but you know, I, I think this is a good signing based on what I've seen. But Owen, you made a good point with your tweet in regards to when the when the signing came out that you want to see the 2021 Arteaga. You don't want the 2022 version of him. Explain why. He was very inconsistent last season. Um, now, we, we need to kind of uh, yeah, caveat that, of course, with the, the big thing, which was that he's playing for Indy 11, who had a very poor season last year. But Arteaga last year, did he score five goals? Yes. Did he do it in two games, getting three in one and two in another? Also, yes. That was out of 21 total appearances from him in the league. So... Last season was a very inconsistent season for him. And Michael's saying he missed some big chances in 2021. Yeah, he did. But he also scored in double digits. So you've got to kind of caveat it a little bit. This is someone who has got a little bit more to offer maybe in the air. I know, Max, we were talking about him earlier. You mentioned how this is a guy who to you is more of a perhaps a true nine, perhaps more so than we've seen out of other players, or he can do more of a role in those kind of positions. But 
Yeah, I, I, I was say, absolutely. Well, I mean, if we have we have the clip um, that Rising posted of a bit of their highlights showing there. I mean, if we ever pull that up, but it's really cool how you see he attacks the ball from many different ways. So here he is at the top of the box, you know, has a bit of that finesse hesitation, but he has that striker's nose. He's able to get into the box. Here he is running on one touch. It's decisive. It's something that this team has lacked. Bam, another one touch. There's too much hesitation last year looking for the perfect shot. I love that he knows exactly what to do with the ball. He has that finishing ability that you really just cannot teach from a striker. You either have it or you don't. It's very difficult to coach. As you can see, he's scoring from top of the box, six-yard box, running in, one touch, a bit of variety. And listen, I think that the goal drought a bit, like, yes, a hat trick one game, a brace in another you would like to see that more spread out a bit more consistently for sure. But those types of intangibles and the way that he's able to score, that's something to me where I think he would catch on a bit quicker knowing that he doesn't need the perfect shot. He, his intentions are not, let me wait for everything to align perfectly. He has a nose for the goal. He wants to bang it in and that's what counts. I personally don't worry about the lack of goal scoring because here's a crazy stat that, Listen, I'm going I'm to miss Greg Hurst. I, I love, I very much enjoyed him as a player and his profile, what he brought to this team. Interesting stat from last season. Manuel Arteaga, 289 minutes per goal. Greg Hurst, 325 minutes per goal. Numbers can lie. They can be deceiving. And it does not tell the full they story. Do. I'm not going to say that it is. But all I'm saying is there is a bit of wiggle room per se for guys like that who can find the goal and things will happen based on how I see him play. But here's what I'll say. And this is perhaps to piggyback a little bit off of what Michael's saying in the comments here. You have to bear in mind, this is a guy who is in the 36th percentile uh, for his position conversion rate wise in USL last year. So his conversion rate isn't, necessarily the indicative of a player that you'd expect to set the world light of course he is good again he's good in the air he's actually good with his passing as well he tends to draw a decent number of fouls so he does have all of that going for him um it's just a question of again is he going to be as inconsistent as we saw last season now i do think it's worth kind of pointing out there's some negativity in the chat as well about this and i understand it i understand some of the negativity that i've heard as well obviously we speak with fans we hear all of that it feels as though there's still a little bit of a hangover from the loss of greg hurst and not just the fact that greg hurst went because you were a lower league team everybody has their price but the problem more is i think the the manner in which greg hurst departed and Look, I mean, Juan's a football guy. You'd hope that he'd understand this one. You'd hope that other people in the front office would understand this one, that you are inevitably going to when you let a guy go who, look, Greg didn't set the world alight last year, but he did put in some performance in a side that was overall quite lacking in circumstances that were quite trying as well, you know, being moved around different positions. Suddenly he was playing on the wing and then he wasn't playing on the wing. And In all of that, he actually established himself as, you know, something I think of a fan favorite on that team. You know, he's not Ben Lump, but he was well liked by the fans. Absolutely. Um, and he is sent to a rival 
for what feels like very little. Mm. And inevitably, every signing that comes in of any kind of a similar ilk now is going to be held up to that standard of why did we get rid of Greg for nothing to a rival, to Mm. bolster a rival's chances uh, in order to sign this guy. And is that a fair cross for some of these players to, to carry? Probably not. No. But they're going to. That's no, how football sure. works. No, for, and, and I think we're all aligned that like we wish we weren't having this conversation necessarily that Greg Hurst was with the team. Like, we all said we thought he was going to be, you know, if everything was going to the course, he was still on this team, could be the guy at the number nine position. It's unfortunate that we are talking about this. When you bring in a signing like this and the profile that he has, it just shows that, okay, we are going to be changing how we play a bit. I know that a lot of people I'm seeing in the comments that there is a lot, there was a lack of services last year. Zero surprise about that service was not good. I think that this type of signing and we'll see how it pans out. I might be wrong, but I think this type of signing, I'm not saying it doesn't need for better service, but it allows you to, how can I put this? He brings a bit of, Hey, it doesn't have to be perfect, but I have the instincts to make it happen. And you know what? Conversion rate might be low, and that's unfortunate. It's hoping that's something that you are able to hone in, have a bit more drill down of like, this is how we can convert better. But I think, again, it's those intangibles. And listen, they're not everything, but for a striker, out of all the positions, you need to have that. And I feels like this player has it. In spite of the negativity, I will say this. Look, is he a surefire a guarantee that this player is going to come in and have a fantastic season? No, absolutely not. Um, He doesn't inspire the confidence of being uh, an MVP candidate, let's say. Let's put it that way. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to come here and produce. There's also, while there's nothing in his record that says that he's going to come and be a a 25-goal-a-season striker for Phoenix Rising, there's also nothing that confirms that he won't put up a decent number of goals Mm -hmm. next year. So I think there needs to be a a degree of patience with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm interested to see what he can provide out on the field. And yeah, we're just, we're just going to have to wait. Um, Mm -hmm. But that actually feeds into something that, you know, this is a broader topic of, of conversation here that when you're thinking about the, the squad building as a whole, so far this season there's not really anyone going into the christmas period now who makes you think oh phenomenal they've signed this big name player i mean look today when when altiago was announced as signing for phoenix rising in the 11 replaced him with seba guanzati um you know that that feels like a blockbuster move and phoenix rising has historically gotten some of those blockbuster moves over the course of an offseason, you look at guys like Santi Moore when they came in. That was big news in the USL. We haven't had one of those signings so far this offseason. And that doesn't mean that this team is going to struggle next year because a lot of the players that are being brought in, again, are they necessarily players who you look at and say they're going to set the world alight? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're not solid players, and it doesn't mean that as a team they're not being put together solidly. But... Where's quite the excitement? And especially when you've got people like Ben Lunt who are departing, mm-hmm. who are the big name players on your team previously, who is the big name that is coming in? 
Now, we may see one coming in the next few weeks or a couple of months before the start of the next season. But so far, I don't think that we've quite had a player come in with that kind of gravitas themselves uh, that really gets people excited about the new season. And Max, before we wrap up this topic and just following up on what Owen just said, are you okay with not having a huge big name splash signing if it means having like a cohesive squad, you know, kind of heading into 2023? In, in an, I mean, listen, in an ideal world, you can have your cake and eat it too, as they say. I would love a, I would love a, um, you know, a big name signing and someone who gets that fan base excited. But if I'm being honest between if I have to choose one, I'm going to choose team cohesion, especially with this squad who I think at points last season, there was a lack, you know, both before Juan and at times when he was adjusting that it lacked a bit of like, what are we doing? How are we going to beat opponents? And maybe it's worked in the past. Didn't seem to work last season. So if you can sacrifice the big name, so to speak, for like having building a squad that is aligned in what they're doing, where there's familiarity with the coaching staff and a bit of decisiveness, which I think these two players we highlighted provided, I like that. I really do. We, time will tell. That's the best part about what we're doing and how we're talking about this. They might both flop. They might exceed all expectations. We will have to see. But I mean, I think that's the cool part of how we're able to analyze this. Um, I guess the one thing I'll say is I, I like Edward's comment. Uh, if we're going to get rid of Lund, we're going to sign a seven foot five keeper. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I mean, that's the real way to build cohesion. That's a big signing if I ever heard one. <laughs> one more point, and we've got a lot of one more points, it feels like, yeah, before we, we really move on here. I do want to just kind of make clear here, look, you have to give this team time. You're going to have to give them time to settle in, to build that cohesion, to build the chemistry between them when they come back. However, we should be clear here. I don't want to hear anyone kind of putting aside the fact this is Juan Guerra's team now. He is making this team in the mold that he wants. He is bringing in his guys and he has gotten rid of some of the players who came in and Rick in order to do so. This is now Juan Guerra's team. And while he should be afforded time to make sure that this team comes together, that it can gel, that it can build that cohesion that they need it ultimately comes back to him. There's not an excuse in my mind that he has inherited a large chunk of the team because he has really done a job so far this offseason of mm -hmm. rebuilding it in the kind of image that he wants them to be. And and when we brought him in, when he got brought in, I think that's something, I think, good or bad, that's what we wanted. You want to see a coach have the players come in that match what he's looking to do. I, I love it, honestly. Regardless whether how it goes, at least we're seeing a commitment to a new era. For sure, definitely. And like Thomas is saying, you got to let Juan cook, man. got to let him do his thing. We'll see. We'll see how it looks later on. All right, y'all, let's take a quick break and ask what the heck is going on with Max's shoulder. Oh, man. Because what did you oh, do man. today to have an ice pack on that shoulder, man? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, first, I'll, I'll take I'll get rid of this, uh, you know, ice pack. By the way, this is like a very nice ice pack. We're not doing reads for ice pack, though. We're talking about our friends at Bad Birdie. And that is why I am rocking with the Bad Birdie polo. Uh, it is super comfortable. It is super nice. Very, um, I guess, breathable. 
And by the way, if you would like to score on some Bad Birdie merch, use the code PHNXBADBIRDIE15 for 15% off at BadBirdieGolf.com. I mean, listen, it's the holidays. It's always golf weather here. Get yourself some fantastic stuff. They have a variety of beautiful looking things. Men, women, everyone, tops, bottoms, hats, everything, the whole nine yards. And reason why I'm going to be rocking Bad Birdie and why my shoulder is so sore because I was hitting the range today. Owen was there. Our staff, uh, little all staff meeting was there. We went to our friends at Dobson Ranch, take a little look-see, look-see-do of uh, what they had going on. You know why? Because on January 13th, we are going to be doing our PHNX Tea Party. That's right, the very first one. Friday, January 13th at 5.30. It's going to be super fun. You know, I mean, Gareth Bale, eat your heart out. We're talking about the real golf here. It's going to be... Just to be clear, like, Gareth Bale will not be showing up to this. Yes, we want to count Let's not let Max try and this. You know, we actually haven't heard officially whether he's not going to be there or not, but I, you probably rule it out safely. But anyway, yes, January 13th, we're also going to be doing a PH Next Suns watch party where you're going to have food, drinks. There's going to be merch there. Our partner's are going to be out there. Um, you know, contest prizes. There's cornhole. There's ping pong. There's, we're shooting hoops. Um, it's going to be everything. You know, you get the clubs, you get range balls, you get everything. It's so much fun. Uh, I know Mike, Mikey was looking at getting his tickets last show, but please join us. It's going to be super fun. Um, I know the rumors, these two are already going to start it. If you show up, I'll buy beer. I already hate it because I just realized they're going to clip that. So gosh darn it. But it's well, already Max, out. you're buying people beers. Okay. Anyway, yes. Uh, oh, no. said, oh, we just said it. You just said it then. <laughs> oh, no. Max, oh, no, you should have oh, no. said that for, for every person that goes, you'll get a swing out of Owen, you know, because we want to see how he hits the balls as well. So. I, I actually want to see a drive off between both of you guys. Um, but no, on, on, on the real – Yes, it's, <laughs> um, if, if you guys want to come, it's going to be super fun. Driving range, just a great event. Um, we got heaters. It's going to be warm there. Don't worry. Um, all good times. So please come out. Um, the link is in the description. I believe producer Lee is also going to drop it in the chat here um, if she hasn't already. But yes, please come enjoy. It's going to be super fun. We will all be there. So come in with us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Before we, before we move on here and let, let's just... Well, yeah, you know, I mean, we can tell that you've been messaging Gareth Bale, DMing him on Instagram, and just trying to uh, get something out of that. Of course, Gareth Bale was in Qatar. Someone else was in Qatar recently, Santi Moa. Um, so, does this come up in the chat? I think we should actually address that. Santi Moa, do we think he should stay or go? Hmm. Uh, man. Uh... I'll let Max go first. Well, here's I guess my my question is, and then maybe this I mean, listen, I don't know if there's a quick answer. Why do we think there was such a big drop off last year? I get I want to get your guys' thoughts, and that'll kind of help answer my question. There are some people who would say that he was quite one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one argument that's been put forward that it became quite known that he wasn't going to cross the ball and when he didn't cross the ball didn't typically have much success with it so when you know the guy's going to cut inside it makes it easier to defend the other argument Michael's put it forward in the chat there is solo uh, when you take away someone who is a two-time MVP on the other wing you're freeing up the defense to focus on Santi and especially when 
a lot of other things weren't going right for Phoenix Rising, it opened up that possibility that you kind of focus on him. So I think it's a, a mixture of some of his own limitations, but also the limitations of a team that was quite frankly backfiring on all cylinders, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that sometimes it wasn't clear what his role was supposed to be. Was he just, you know, cut inside or is he, you know, going to be more of a, you know, a crosser into the box. And I think, you know, he kind of got frustrated with that. And, and yeah, I think the solo, you know, uh, comment there, I think hits it on, on the, on the head as well that, you kind of need someone to take the heat off of him, you know, create that, you know, if, if there's someone else kind of firing, you know, it opens up a little bit more space for, for Santin to do his thing. And cause he's been in the league for a while. People know how he, how he plays. They know how to kind of attack him defensively. So I think he needs that, you know, that help from the other wing or even as a, as a striker, just to kind of open up any lanes or spaces so he can take advantage of that. Well, and, and I agree. I think, what we saw last season was you have a lot of guys who were kind of crowding outside, crowding the edge of box. A lot of the times when we'd watch, you see multiple guys kind of in the same lane and you're thinking, what are we doing here? I think a lot of the times he was invisible in some games, partly due to, you know, yes, being one, one dimensional in a sense last season. But I think also it was again, just the lack of cohesion and a lack of the personnel while good, not I guess, gelling in the way where it opens up and maximizes his potential. So listen, if he goes, if he doesn't, it, you know, if let's say for some reason, boom, he's not there. Um, I don't think a lot of fans would miss him, which, you know, A, he served his time here. Fair. Um, I am curious how he does in a new system with, you got a couple new facilitators in the midfield where you have a set, a more central playing striker. I, I you know, I'm not saying that he's going to rekindle the apps exact magic of old, but I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and saying, like, you could probably produce better than you did last season. So I'm fine either way, personally. Yeah, and I think Garrett will probably give him a chance. You know, he's worked with him mm-hmm. before. He knows him. So I, I think he kind of – I feel like maybe Garrett can bring out that old Santi, and, mm-hmm. and we'll see. We'll see what happens this season. All right, moving on, y'all. Uh, of course, the World Cup is still going on. It'll end this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Went by way too quick. But yeah. – uh, Way too quick, man. Um, we had the first semifinal today. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I know Owen wants to talk about something or whatever. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday was a good day. Yeah, not that great. but Okay, take it away. Very I'll let you day. introduce it. <laughs> okay, so Max, there were a couple of games on Saturday, weren't yeah, there? Yeah, I think there were. Yeah. yeah, so that first game, should we talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. against Morocco. Of course, mm. Morocco... You wouldn't expect them to get through against Portugal, would you? No, I mean, you know, Portugal is one of the European giants. Uh, Morocco, like, you know, African teams, they've been, you know, doing well this year, but they don't, you know, historically make deep runs into, you know, the World Cup. No. No, and especially when you've got a big star, like, shall we say, Cristiano Ronaldo on your team. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be expected to lose to Morocco, would you? Yeah, no, you know, I, you know, it's hard when he only played 40, 35 minutes. About, yeah, was, what did he do in the 35 yeah. minutes, though, was, Ramon? What did he do? And yet, your captain didn't start, but you know, he played a, played a role, had some chances. He, he did come close. And yet, as we know in this sport, close don't mean much because we ain't playing horseshoes. So, oh man, that was a tough one. How that, how that game finish again? 
Uh, I believe it finished with uh, Morocco advancing to the semi-finals, the first Arab, the first African team yeah. to ever make it to yeah. the semi-finals. Oh, and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo ended up leaving the field. I mean, you can see him here just walking off. He got a pitch invader there. Yeah, just, just conveniently oh. came up to say hi, you know. And there's Cristiano Ronaldo holding it together. Oh, no, he's not holding it together. Not at all. Um. So, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't wait for his teammates, uh, didn't, you know, despite being the Never wait one for of the elder statesmen. Well, yeah, what does that say about him? Maybe it says why he's sat on the bench. Um, <laughs> I, I've got to be honest. It's, it's in, look, he, he's finishing his career now, presumably before the next World Cup. I'm not going to say exactly when because we don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's finishing his career presumably before the next world cup he'll have finished his career with no knockout goals in a world cup yeah. i believe he scored three knockout goals in tournaments full stop all right keep going all right we got so like is this seconds. a guy who shows up on the international stage yes really yeah how did you think they get into the 2014 world cup what happened with that spain game in uh in 2018 really oh, yeah that was- I'll give you that. That was, that was a nice game. That was a, that was a nice game. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, listen, it's, it's, he gets, he's gone to the, right. Yeah. One knockout go. Oh my gosh. Okay. Boom. It's already been confirmed. $100 million. He could never do repeat that again. That goal. Again. Anyway, <laughs> on. No, I, I mean, I, I think it shows that when a player and he hasn't gone to the knockout stages, every single world cup, but the fact that he hasn't scored. And I mean, summer forms is, not only has he not scored from what I recall, he just hasn't played well. He's, you know, this one, I think he had a couple chances in a very limited role, Um, but it's tough. And I mean, also like, I think the, Oh, and you're a bully, you know, pointing out how he's crying. But honestly, the worst part about that video was you are trying to make it to the tunnel and like a pitch invader in the mo- one of the lowest moments of your life is like, hey, like Ronaldo, let me try to give you a hug. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That's the love. That's the worst part. I don't blame to me, him. To me, the worst part is the guy's walking off crying and it's just a cameraman who's just like, yeah, I'm going to follow awesome. him. I'm just going to follow him and capture all of this. And you know that at that point, it's living on the internet forever. Okay? That will never, yeah. ever disappear yeah. on the internet because Cristiano Ronaldo walking off the field crying at a World Cup. That's, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's, I think, listen, like we, you know, we saw it in the comments, like, I think the GOAT debate, like it's, you know, put it, put it to bed, like fair. And I think a lot of people already kind of had that before going to the world cup, but I think now it's like all but solidified. I think the difference is a lot of the players you think of, and maybe this is a me thing, but I think a lot of players that are the great, you think of them, if not equally for club and country as very much like a prominent presence for both like Messi. Yes, Barcelona, now at PSG, but also Argentina carries that team. You can list off multiple other players who have that same sort of stature. To me, I don't think Ronaldo's been a bum at Portugal. I think he's captained them. He has had good moments. He is, you know, Portuguese, Portugal star, first ballot guy for a reason. But to me, he's never had the same, uh, like, I'm going to take the team by the scruff of the neck and carry them onwards as some of the other players has. And to me, that does weigh on, like, I don't think he's been bad for Portugal. I think he's been good, but I wouldn't say great. Even, in, you know, all, all that being said with his goals, the tally is amazing. I wouldn't say he's, like, top, top for inter- on the international level. I really wouldn't. All right. <laughs> um, no, I, it's... He's only got... 
go on, go on. You finish this point on Ronaldo. <laughs> no, here, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, he he was disappointing. Uh, it, as far as the the World Cups that he's been in, I don't think he like your to your point, Max. I don't think he's been able to carry and just put that team on his back like we've seen. You know, probably Messi this World Cup do right. Uh, maybe 2018 was probably his his best showing. I would say you know with that Spain game and you know, kind of carrying that team and still kind of having a little bit of legs because, you know, he, he I don't think he could even, you know, run that much anymore in this World Cup. So internationally, I think Portugal has always been a little bit disappointing. That 2016 Euro is one of the big you know accomplishments that they've had. But you got to realize Portugal has not been the, like one of the elite teams in the world stage, for sure. you know, for, you know, I, I would probably say maybe 2000 onward, you know, before that it was hit and miss with them. So I, I think as far as Ronaldo's international career, yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah, Michael, I know he was on the bench when he was injured, by the way. He wasn't on the bench on, when they won the, the 2016 Euros. But, yeah, you could say disappointing. Yeah, just because of his face, didn't he? You know, when you compare that to his club career, of course, yeah. You know, it's not it's not going to be easy to to bring that in the international stage. But as far as this game itself, Morocco played fantastically. They haven't given up. Uh, a goal the entire tournament that wasn't an, an own goal and uh and i think fernando santos the coach i think he made a lot of bad moves he should have started ronaldo uh gonzalo uh, ramos did not play as well as we all kind of expected him to do you know after that hat trick that he had and but you know gonzalo I, I think ramos, was... he scored as many knockout games in an international tournament in one game as cristiano ronaldo has in his entire career but then you saw what happened the next game. So, but you would have benched a guy that just came off a hat trick. Yeah, and that's the thing. And yeah, you got to you got to bench the guy who had a hat trick to bring on the guy who's washed up. It was yeah, a completely that's... different game. You, you're really going to compare the Swiss to the Moroccan team and how they were playing? I don't think so. But you know, to each their own. But you know, when you you're have pay Cristiano Ronaldo to a guy who scores in knockout games and in international tournaments. And so, yeah, Morocco's in. Props to Morocco for making it. I love to see it. And you know, if they make history against France. It's going to be insane. So shout out to them and uh, enjoy it, Owen. Enjoy it as much as you can. Sorry, no, dude. You were the meme with the guy with the, guy with, like, the so happy for you. And he's just like with a happy face mask and he's just crying and like pissed on the inside. <laughs> so props, props to Morocco. I'm so happy you can cheer them on. I'd love to actually, you know what? Michael's making a fantastic point here. Shout out to Cristiano Ronaldo as many <laughs> up knockout round goals as I have. So, uh, yeah, that's my claim to fame, boys. I've got as many World Cup knockout round goals as Cristiano Ronaldo. So have you, Max, and you. I do, yeah. In fact, so has our producer, Liam. We've all got as many World Cup knockout round goals as Cristiano Ronaldo. All right, let's talk about the next game. Let's talk about the next thing, because, you know, if we thought that we'd hit the peak with those Cristiano Ronaldo tears going down the I wouldn't want to have seen that. Oh, no. Oh, no. There were more... (laughs) Tears to come. Let's take a look. Yeah. Oh, poor old thing. Oh, that's Kylian Mbappe. Oh, look how happy he looks. Oh my! Doesn't he look really happy? Look at that. (laughs) I like the camera. I like the camera shake too. Oh, Oh, so uh, yeah. Yeah, Can we be realistic about that for a second? England should have won that game. France did not look as good as they have before. 
hell no. Yeah, no. You, they should have won. They should have won. Don't start with that. They should have won. They could have drawn that game because they had two penalties. I know you don't like England. I know. I understand it. But England played a lot better than France in that game. If you do not see it, no. I think that you are basing this off of the idea that France didn't attack when they took the lead. When they what took did, the lead, they for the game? most part sat back. Well, I don't know, but he didn't put one over the crossbar from the penalty spot. I'll put it oh, that way. See the right. Imagine having a penalty and tackling merchant. You're looking at with the scope that you hate England already. No. Okay, no, 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 no. No, no. I'm going to put this seriously now. You're saying this because England attacked for a lot of the game. They did. They did so because France were willing to sit back. France were willing to sit back because they saw in a lot of ways what England were offering, which was nowhere near enough to get past Hugo Lloris for most of that game. It genuinely Mm. was not. England got two penalties, one of which was off an absolutely moronic decision from a defender. There is no need to commit to that challenge. For anyone who's wondering why there wasn't a red card there, it's because he wasn't getting to the ball. Okay, he had no hope of getting to that ball, which is only makes the fact that they gave that penalty away even more ridiculous. But I don't want to hear that a team that lost 2-1 got its only goal off a penalty and then could have tied the game off a penalty and missed it really deserved something from that game. Quite frankly, if you aren't putting the ball in the back of the net, you can't do it from open play and you're showing no real inclination of being able to do it from open play then you don't deserve anything. Look at France. As soon as they conceded the first one, they were right back up the other end. That's more about don't France's that second game goal, plan. You know, they that call that foul on Saka and, you know, the, the oh, second France goal. It's not clear and obvious. There is no way that that is a clear and obvious. Ramon, you say this, but people are like, oh my God, there's a little bit of... Look at Mark Clattenburg's English and the he was saying right it wasn't a foul. Mark Clattenburg is English and he's saying it's not a foul. And Mark Clattenburg worked the European Championship final as a referee and we got Ramon Chavez here telling us that it was a foul. Yeah, you got Ramon Chavez telling you and the rest of the people that watched that game that that should have been called a foul, but it is what it is. Our fans don't have a clue half the time, Ramon. I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry, guys. How many of you ever picked up a law book? Actually, be clear here. How oh, you're going to pick that one. Up? Okay. All right. No, cool, cool. seriously. No, I'm not if we're going to talk about fouls. <laughs> we're going to talk about fouls. Let's talk about fouls. Who's who, who's ever read the laws of the game? How many of I these like accounts, the, the one minute, the how many of these accounts that are all saying this stuff that you're on about, Ramon, <laughs> about the fact they're going online, they're tweeting about <laughs> how, oh, it was definite foul, and then the next minute, they're tweeting at people saying Penaldo is finished. Are we taking them seriously now? Like, let's be serious. I haven't read the laws, but I've been told I am the law. Oh, Jesus. We'll get back to the core of it is the PKs. I thought it was going to be a very interesting matchup where you have Harry Kane, Hugo Lloris, club teammates. I actually heard a listen to the interview that they actually haven't practiced PKs against each other. Harry Kane, who is the primary PK taker for Tottenham. He usually practices against the second and third string goalkeepers, which I find fascinating. He absolutely roofed the first one. And you think where he goes to take that spot, it's always curious, especially when a guy makes it, where is he putting it? And he went for the same spot, but boy, oh boy, that man got it into the 12th row back. So that was, that was rough. You never, <laughs> never, give, never give a penalty taker the second <clears throat> penalty. You no. never give it to the same guy. No, give it to someone else to put it in their spot. Don't let the first guy get caught up in the mind games. 
questions. That's a good question. Like, Chad, please chime in. Do you, in your opinion, if you put on your coaching hat, would do you let a a PK taker take it twice, regardless whether they made the first, missed it, whatever? Do you let them? That was gonna be my question. Yeah, that was gonna be my question. That's a a very good question. That's good fodder. Yeah, it's good fodder. Um, But no, I I thought it was interesting. Um, Yeah, it's tough, tough look, tough look for hurricane enthusiasts out there. Um, But hey, he's England, not Tottenham right now, so I'm okay. Actually, no, now he's Tottenham because he's. He's going home. He's going. He, uh, uh, uh. Oh, man. Yeah, I, must have been uh, I have a lot of questions, you know, just to put a bow on this. Gareth, Gareth Southgate, I don't think he's fit to be the English coach. Uh, the English but who coach. are they bringing in? Yeah. You don't, you don't let Michael recycles? Question. No way. No can, way. Can we, can, we all take a, can we all take a laugh for a minute at the fact that there was a column in The Guardian suggesting uh, they're bringing Brendan Rodgers? Oof. <laughs> please, right, a, please, I am asking you, please hi. That's a that's a, oh that's a fantastic transition into another game. Um <laughs> guys, you uh I mean shoot, there was Croatia, Brazil, and Netherlands, Argentina as the other quarterfinals. I mean, both absolutely absurd games. Shoot, which which one you got? Which 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 one did you enjoy more more? Because my word, breathless. 240 plus minutes of breathlessness. That Argentina Netherlands is an all timer. Like yeah. just for all the off the field stuff and all the stuff that happened during penalty. That's that's an all timer. That's the what a World kick. Cup game you know, should the be. Free kick, just mm. insane. You, I look. You know, I, I I looked I looked this up in Dutch, and um, it's either ballen or um, uh, excuse my. Well, it's a medical term uh, in Dutch. I believe you pronounce it testicles. Um, it took massive just guts uh to absolutely pull that off i don't don't think that's what the word is but yeah unless google's lying to me that's what it says but no that is like everyone thinking you're gonna go over the wall wow you like that's just a playground drawn up in the dirt i absolutely love that and how it went i mean that's drama that's why we love it i think that game was an all-timer for sure for sure for sure uh let's talk about today's semifinal really quickly croatia against argentina I saw it. I think Croatia was just out of gas, man. Too many penalties, you know, too many extra time. And I I think this team, you know, once they gave up that goal, I don't think they were mentally ready to combat that Argentina offense because I I feel like it all just went downhill after that. The the second goal was really just a killer. I mean, there were... The the most intriguing part of all of that is that I think that Croatia, despite how good the goal was, Croatia had the chances to clear their lines twice. And they failed to do so. And when you do that, it really just, you're kind of inviting it at that point. You've kind of brought it upon yourself that you're just going to concede that goal. No matter how good it is, you didn't have to concede that one. So (laughs) this is coming from a guy who I was sitting next to Owen and he said that was Maradona-esque. That was the second version of Maradona. Yeah, but I said there was a few more lucky bounces. And it was. The defenders should have cleared their lines at some point. There were a couple of times there actually, Max, in that entire game where I just kind of turned to you and said, they're just not clearing their lines. You know, there were times when the clearance would be poor and ultimately go to an Argentinian player on the edge of the penalty area. And you're just like, just hoof it out sometimes. Like I mean, safety that, first. The, sometimes don't don't keep the pressure up on yourself. No, give yourself a half yeah. breath. To I mean, that, the the first goal. Where was that gap between the center backs? Came out of nowhere. It's a you know that that's a PK. Second one, 
you're not going to score that time, not that 99 out of 100. That was just bounces right to you. That third one, that's messy. I mean, I got, I got nothing that to say on that. That's messy, man. That's, yeah. that's art. That is art. It's, it's a look so... of a man who doesn't want to be filmed walking down the tunnel crying. Oh, my. <laughs> This when we're getting better. Anyway, all right. So tomorrow there's another semifinal, France versus Morocco. A very, very good game that's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, let's take a look at the odds from our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. France, negative 180. Draw plus 275. And then Morocco uh, to win it plus 600. So if you want to make some money, man, Morocco, you know, they're riding that wave. So, you know, plus 600 uh, in regular time and then to advance a negative 425 for France and plus 320 for Morocco. So if you want to put your odds uh, or your bets in there, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get yourself some money, man. A lot of people making money, man. I should I should be making these bets as well because, you know, I can use the money as well. <laughs> but uh, if you guys haven't downloaded it, make sure to do so. And when uh, when you do, make sure to use the promo code PHNX like you see on the screen right there. Um, yeah, Still, like that one. That one's going to have a big Moroccan advantage in terms of support oh, yeah. in the Didn't stadium. They buy, like a bunch of tickets, like the like the They're country bought like twenty thousand tickets or something, and gave them to people to go. Nuts. Like that's insane. Nuts. I mean, and there are so many Moroccan fans there, and not only that, but a lot of the locals are supporting Morocco as well. And at this point, quite frankly. Any neutral is supporting Morocco. What an achievement it would be for them if they get there. I wonder if France might be a step too far for them to get past. But I don't know. I mean, this French team can't keep a clean sheet. And often it's bad mental errors that are the result why they're conceding these goals. I mean, look at the penalties in the last couple of games, You know, not just against England. They conceded a penalty in the dying stages against Poland as well. So... Bad, bad decision making. Um, and again, they haven't kept a clean sheet all tournament, so you never know. You yeah. never know. Max, which one would you like to see in the final? France, Argentina, Argentina, Morocco. Well, I like both storylines. I mean, Morocco. I, I mean, any team that gets this stage, while it is a Cinderella run and where they're ranked, like they do have quality. They have genuine quality that I think people are overlooking and they're playing up the storyline. I think that'd be amazing, especially the first African team to, I mean, they've already made history. The first one to go to the final, first one to possibly win it, that'd be incredible. Um, France also, can they repeat? Haven't seen that in decades now. Um, also then you have this plot line between Messi and Mbappe, a little club riff early on the season. I'm really fine with either. Um, uh, I mean, listen, it's probably the, it's probably the neutrals favorite, but I mean, give me Argentina, France. I actually think that is, who's going to win. Um, not the neutrals favorite. Come on, Morocco. I don't know, man. I think if you ask the average fan, it's it's the star. I think it's the star power. I I really want to see the star power. You don't want to see Morocco get in there. Because all the chat, all the chat at the moment oh was "Let's goodness. go Morocco." Everyone uh, yeah. that we speak well, I thought we were in the person seems to love the idea the of Morocco. Podcast. That's when what I heard, Max. You're right. Only, when only for last weekend. Oh, we quickly away now, and we want to see Buffal dancing with his mum on the pitch again tomorrow. I mean, come on! How can you not want to see the mothers against me? Use the mom. Now I'm on Owen's side, man. He brought the mothers up. Now I got. Come on. I'm just saying. A lot more exciting than. Anyway, what I think we need to relax for a second. Don't you guys agree? You know, it's been a really 
heavily charged uh, podcast today because of a certain someone. Uh, but you know what I do to relax after the, the shows? You know, I take myself. You watch Harry bit. Kane's oh, penalty miss again. No, I laugh. That's at what that. I do. I was sky. I, I agree with that one, no one. But yeah, I, to relax, I use some. You want to get as high as Harry Kane's penalty? And I do my read, Owen. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, OGs. Uh, yeah, there you go. Put it on camera. You got the gum, the gummies there. You got the sleepy time edition. That's the one I really need because I, I need to get my my uh, my good rest over here, which I often don't. But tropical flavors, fantastic flavors. If you guys haven't tried it, uh, make sure to get them at your local dispensary. Uh, whenever you're there. And remember, guys, you must be 21 years or older, um, or you guys can uh, go to their website, ogsbrands.com, and check them out there. Yes, sir. I was going to say, I mean, if, for those of you who are kind of curious, haven't tried it yet, first off, what are you doing? Second of all, if you are worried, oh, my gosh, edibles, bad connotation, you got the microdose, three milligrams, very easygoing, delicious. You do not get the holy bleep this is an edible it's gonna hit me no it's very it's nice again not a doctor i'll make that very clear but it's very nice um and super user-friendly if you have not indulged before so give them a try we love them try it, out. try it out for sure uh any uh other jokes uh owen no um, no? no i feel like we've <laughs> we kind of hit the peak there if just remember no no you want to get as high as transition oh whoa did i hear that oh my gosh transition yes uh, friends are four peaks dang going you're on fire today uh but yeah check out our friends are four peaks in tempe as well eight street location fantastic beers over there i i'm low-key having withdrawals max i don't know about you because you know we went hard on during those uh two weeks that we had those world club watch alongs i, I need I some beers so I'm, I'm definitely gonna head down there some, this some of us stocked up back when they were doing those full variety packs and so we got a lot of the pumpkin pour to sit you did that was like a oh yeah it was nice I was gonna say I remember you walked out with a couple of them, but uh, I know shoot soon the variety packs they have a couple uh they're doing right now their uh, advent calendar box, which is cool. You open up, get a new beer every day from well, start on the first. You can have it through Christmas. Eve, if you That's haven't started hot. yet, you can get it now and drink half the box. Uh again, yeah, drink half the box initially. I, I'm sure you'll be feeling great after 14 beers. Drink response. Not a lawyer, not a doctor. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot of disclaimers in this, uh, these reads. Uh, but yeah, make sure, check them out. <laughs> make sure to check them out. Check them out for sure. Shout out to all the sponsors. Yeah. All right, y'all. Uh, about to wrap up the show. Um, I do want to touch on something that happened on Friday um, over there in Qatar. Um, if you guys were not aware, one of the foremost journalists in, in uh, U.S. soccer, uh, Grant Wall, he passed away uh, on, on Friday. And, uh, you know, I you know, you guys feel free to share, you know, your anecdotes. But, yeah, it, w- it was pretty tough when I heard those news. You know, at the, he's one of those guys that I kind of read a lot about. And, you know, I never had the pleasure of, of meeting him. But, you know, he was the guy that I, would, I was always reading growing up and, you know, getting to know about American soccer. And, you know, of course, with the U.S.-Mexico rivalry, he was always getting interviewed and on TV and, you know, very eloquent in the Spanish as well. So I always kind of looked up to him as one of these journalists that, that were pushing the game forward. And, you know... Uh, I got my my little Grant Wall edition here of Modern Masters of Modern Soccer, and mm-hmm. he actually got to sign it. I don't know if you guys can see it there, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, very very cherished uh, piece of uh, books. And if you know me, I don't I don't buy books often, but this one I had to get. But yeah, the the news hit me pretty hard. So you know, it's, uh, it was a tough day. You know, uh, on Friday hearing those news, and so my condolences to his family and his wife. And, and uh, I know he had some family here in Arizona as well. So, you, you know, on his Instagram, I would see he would, he would travel over here often, but 
very very sad to see you know he, him passed away and in, in the but you know i i choose to remember him as just being such a force in in journalism uh soccer journalism and in in america and pushing the game forward but you know very sad news to hear and you know just want to hear what you guys have to say as well yeah i mean uh it's very interesting you know he wasn't a player he wasn't someone who was like uh not everyone i guess like if you only follow players you may not have come across him but then again in another sense how could you not because he bridged the divide um for those who had never cover you know never seen soccer in america he really did help transform the sport and bring more light to it i mean for as much as we give credit to a david beckhamer you know for coming to mls um and you know or you know both the the women's team you know hosting it um you know back winning the world cup back in the day the men's team hosting it you know both those in the 90s like for all that talk he really did help bridge a gap for i think like our generation for newer generations of the work he did. Um, I mean, he just seemed beloved on everyone on social from what you hear. Um, just a guy who just lived, eat, and breathed the the sport. I mean, it's it's really crazy the connections he had, working with Bob Bradley at Princeton, going to cover Boca Juniors when he was in college. Like I went to eight World Cups. Like it's just it's just crazy. You don't see people do that all the time and to dedicate your life to a sport. I mean, it's beautiful and it's very tragic. Um and it's, you know, no one wishes that it happened, but I mean, I, I guess there's no good way to put it, but like he literally, he, he passed in a stadium watching the beautiful game. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say to that, but it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. So uh, he'll be missed. Um, yeah. Every, everyone has a grand wall story, even though I've never met him, but it's um, yeah, just wild, honestly. Yeah, yeah, very uh, unfortunate event, but, um, you know, condolences again to his family, everybody that, you know, uh, it's a tough time for everybody. And, you know, it was great to see the outpouring of of, of uh, support and, you know, to to his family on, on Twitter and everybody. And like you're saying, Max, every had everyone had a, a Grant Wall story, so that was great to see. And, you know, um, but yeah, you know, we, uh, uh, it's tough, man. I can't even really talk about it. I was really sad on Friday, but, you know, we'll, yeah. um, no, no good way tra- to transition here, but. Uh, just to wrap up that, you know, he, he was one of the people that just if you to those people that, you know, were saying, hey, soccer's not not growing. Soccer is not never going to be that sport that's going to take over America. This is the guy that was trying to push it that way. Not only the men's uh, game, but like you said, Max, the women's game. He was very involved in that that's, as well. Absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right, y'all. We'll leave it at that for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back on Thursday for another show. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Take care.